0: Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au So, um... I'm going to read just from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11. We'll read it right through and then we'll unpack it. Verse 11 says, Don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. You were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews, who were proud of their circumcision, even though it only affected their bodies and not their hearts. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel, and you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope. But now, you have been united with Christ once you were far away from God but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ for Christ himself has brought peace to us he united Jews and Gentiles in, into one people when in his own body on the cross he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us, he did this by ending the system of law with its commandments and regulations, he made peace between the Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from the two groups, together as one body Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on a cross and our hostility towards one another was put to death, he he brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far away from him him and peace to the Jews who were near now all of us can come to the father through the same holy spirit because of what christ has done for us so now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners you are fellow citizens along with all of god's holy people you're members of god's family together we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets and the cornerstone is christ jesus himself we are carefully joined together in him Becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. (laughs) <laughs> Thanks be to God, depending on what your tradition is Okay, um, okay. so we're just going to go uh, right from the start here And it says, don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders Don't forget Fritzy and I were having a discussion the other day um, At the Youth Leaders Connect About, you know, what, what should we do? Should we focus on this? Because we're just done We're doing foundation with our youth leaders So that then as they can unpack with the Youth Connect groups um, the, the foundations of our faith So that they can ensure that they understand it and it was all about sin. Our study that we'd done was all about sin. And Fritzie said to me, Bron, what do you think about us focusing on sin? Like, sure, we need to know that we're sinners, but what about the fact that we're saints? Shouldn't we be focusing on that? And, uh, but it says here, don't forget. But yet Paul says in another passage of Scripture that he forgets what lies behind and presses on to take for the goal. And so what are we to do? Are we to remember our sinful and shameful past and, and sometimes our present? Or are we to forget and move on from it and walk in our sainthood? Uh, well, right believing helps right behaving. And so we need to remember that we are saints, that we actually have been united with Christ Jesus, that now we are living. Paul addresses this letter to the saints. We are now, we have a new name, but we remember where we've been so that we don't go back there. We, uh, <clears throat> when we moved to Tamworth, um, I was 21 years old. And really, I'd never done any, um, like I'd done partying as a primary school student <laughs> um, but then I kind of came good in high school. And so I'd not done any of the clubbing or anything like that. And one day, Daz and I were driving. We lived in Darling Street at the time. We were driving downtown. And there were all these young people lined up to go into the impi And there was something in me that was like, oh, I wonder what that like, is like. That looks fun. And, and, and Daz, I said to him, oh, gee, I just feel like I've missed out a bit there. And Daz, who had... <laughs> not missed out, not missed out, was like, Bron, you have not missed out on anything. Let me tell you some of the stories. And, And so the idea is that we remember in so much so that we don't have to go back there. We remember the consequences. We remember how it used to feel the next day. We remember the mistakes that we made and the consequences of those mistakes. We remember how we hurt ourselves and hurt others in the process of our sin. And so we remember in as much, and John Piper puts it like this, in as much as it magnifies grace and exemplifies joy. So the idea is that we remember our past so that grace might be magnified in our lives and that joy might come to us, the joy of our salvation. And, and and it says here that everything changes. Everything changes. It's not to make us miserable. It's make us it's to make us remember Christ. Now it says here that you were, it says you were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews. So what I've got here is a bunch of people who are looking at a bunch of people like us who have become Christians. And if you're an ethnic Jew uh, this morning, then you would have the right to do this, but no one else would. And you'd be walked into this room, come up the front and go, look at you bunch of uncircumcised heathens. And uh, some of you might dispute part of... (laughs) <laughs> uh, for those on the podcast, someone's very much said that they're not a heathen. I'm sure that's what they meant. <laughs> um, so um, that we, he's saying that they're not, they were being called uncircumcised heathens. And so what the idea of that is, is they were saying you aren't truly close to God because you haven't had this procedure done. Now we talked a bit about it in the book of Acts, so we won't go right into it. But essentially, like, I just want to answer this question for you. You might think, why was circumcision the sign um, of the Jews? Why was circumcision the sign of coming to God? And when you see the promise that was given to Abraham, it talks constantly about offspring and reproduction and and the the blessing of the nations and stuff like that. So I don't want to give you an anatomy lesson. Someone else who's gladly talking about these things this morning might like to. <laughs> but, uh, but but if you think about it, the seed is coming through the sign of the circumcision. So like that's very graphic, but, but that potentially is why um, circumcision was a sign. But this, it was still just the sign. It wasn't the saving thing that happened. You see, Abraham was called righteous and justified by faith before he was even circumcised. So it's like this with us, is that we became Christians And then the sign of our salvation, our public sign was actually that we were baptised. And if you haven't been baptised this morning, I want to encourage you to do that. I want to encourage you to take that step of obedience. Baptism doesn't make you a Christian, but it's a sign that you've become a Christian. And it's great to do it publicly because that's the purpose of it. Um, So now it's saying essentially that we are true Jews. We are Jews. Now, if you were a cultural Jew, it's not like we're trying to steal their heritage or steal their culture or anything like that. But as it relates to Jews being to to God is saying we are actually the true Jews now. I want to put it to you that maybe Kanye was right. Uh, move on. Okay. Um, if you know the mess that Kanye has been in, where's Lanae? She needs to do a rap right now. Okay. So we are actually the, the true Jews, Paul is saying. And, and the reason that it's important that we know that we're Jews is because the Jews are to whom the promise was given, They were given these epic promises in the Old Testament. And it's important to know that we are the true Jews because now we know that all of the Old Testament actually applies to us also. If you've heard people say, oh, I don't really like the Old Testament. I don't, you know, it's not really, I think we don't need to worry about it. We just worry about the New Testament. That is not the case. Jesus is the fulfilment of the Old Testament. So we need to try to understand it because it's now our story. So verse 11 to 13 has that we will cut off. Verse 14 to 18 is now that we're brought near. And verse 19 to 22 is the fulfilment of what this looks like. So we need to understand that. That we have the privileges that are listed in Romans 9, 4 to 5. And um, I don't know if Daryl Whaley's here. I think I saw him before. Daryl. Daryl would always say, people would quote Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Um, plans for good, not for evil. Plans to give you a future and a hope. And Daryl would go like, everyone applies that like that's the best thing ever. But don't we realise that the whole of the Old Testament's promises are now given to us? Like it's not just Jeremiah 29 11, that we've got some good plans and a good future. We've been promised blessing, we've been promised an outpouring of, of everything that God promised to the Jews, that is now us. And so we honour Jews and we honour that, you know, I was brought up, my mum loved Derek Prince and I I don't know if you know him, but he's a um, Zionist almost, like he, he really believes in Israel and it's great to honour the Jews and we need to honour the Jews, but we need to know that also now we are Jews. We're not Jewish, I'm not trying to, so difficult now, our woke culture, but you know what I'm saying? Paul's saying that we have the blessing of salvation that was promised to Abraham. So verse 14 says, For Christ Himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people. Our individualistic society does not understand what the blessing is of laying down our lives in community. We love to pursue our own purpose and our own thinking, but, but Paul is saying here that we're meant to be united, that all the walls of hostility have been torn down. And if we're one body, he's, he's about to launch into talking about one body in the next passage. If we're one body, we can't write each other off. And if Christ is the head of this body and the sustainer, then as we all submit to Christ, we all are brought into alignment. Now, I've had a bit of a funny relationship with this thought of honour. Because later on in the passage in Ephesians, it's going to say submit to each other out of reverence for Christ. And honour each other, Paul says elsewhere. I've had a funny relationship with this concept of honour. We grew up in a church where where honour was, you know, if you preached then it was the pastor's job to tear you down after you preached, to tell you everywhere you went wrong. Um, and, and, and then also in our Aussie culture, you know, Daz and I, we were young when we started pastoring and, and we didn't promote a culture of honour. It was just Daz and Bron. We didn't ever do Pastor Daz or Pastor Darren Francis and yeah. Pastor Bronwyn and Hillary. And, and then I'd look around at other churches and see the way that they really honoured their pastors. And there was something that would kind of, I'd be like, oh, our church doesn't honour us like that. And I had this thing. And then I'm like, maybe I need to teach on honour. And the journey has been such, I'm like, actually, that is not what it's talking about at all. We are all meant to honour each other. There is meant to be this 360 degree honour. It's not meant to be all upward to the pastor. It's meant to be all outward to each other, where we honour each other. And the good thing about this is it's helped me realise, you know, even with Daz's latest stuff, how quickly something can be taken away from you. And um, our friend um, Dan Canone, he was saying that his dad pastored the church he took on for 25 years. And for 25 years, he saw the same man after the service go and shake his hand, say, thank you, pastor. Thanks for the message. We're blessed to have you as our pastor. And the week that they transitioned and Dan became the pastor, that man walked straight past his dad to Dan and said, thank you, pastor. Thank you, we're so blessed to have you as our pastor. And so if we crave honour, if there's something in us that needs honour to show that we're important, then that is never gonna be satisfied and nor should it. You see, we're all members of one body and we're meant to put honour out would and ensure that we're honouring, not ensuring that people are honouring us. And so our responsibility is to show honour, not to demand it. Uh, It says here that Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of His death on the cross. It says that He brought the good news of peace to Gentiles who were far and peace to Jews who were near. So I just want to let you know that in Christ Jesus, us who are far away were brought near. Any partition, any dividing wall of hostility was torn down. There's no longer inferior and superior. We are all one in Christ. He's given equal access to Him. And so I want to to tell you that because if if it's simply that the cross has made you right with God, that's awesome. But it's actually done so much more than that. It's actually actually done so much more to society than that. It's meant to be breaking down all the walls and all the barriers. It's meant to create equal access. It's meant to make us one body that has all been achieved through the cross. And not only that, the peace. Peace has been brought to our world. Now you look around and go, (laughs) really? But actually... God's going to have His way. We're all moving toward the end where He will have His way and there will be peace. And He's created peace. He's put peace between us and Jews. He's put peace in ourselves. The storm inside me, He's put peace there. And He's preached peace wherever He's gone. Now, it says here, and I'll just finish off with this in verse 19 to 22. It says, You've been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. The idea there is that the revelation has been given and and everything else is built on top of that. It's not that it's Jesus, one important stone, the apostles an important stone and the prophets an important stone. No, the apostles and the prophets have revealed the cornerstone who is Jesus Christ. And now whatever happens is just building on the foundation that they laid. And so I want to just um, mention to you that there's no new revelation that doesn't line up with the Word of God. And, and I, I, this, might, this is a bit controversial, but I just want to tell you why we don't use it in our preaching unless it's been checked out with other translations. We don't use the Passion, what's called the Passion Translation, because that's been um, said that that's a new revelation of the Word of God. Uh, well, we actually, um, we don't adhere to that. that that's been said that, that, there's, that actually another chapter of John was given to that person, and but the world's not ready for it yet. Well, we, we don't align with that. That's why it's been taken off various websites and stuff. So we say, if you're going to use the Passion Translation, make sure the passage is the same as in other scriptures. And so we just want to stay on top of um, good biblical teaching there. Uh, it says there, with Christ himself as the cornerstone, in him the whole building being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you are also being built together into a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. That's a different version than the ones on screen, but that's what it's saying there. And just as I finish right now, you might have heard the scripture, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. In fact, I've often used that to try to motivate me to eat cleaner sometimes hasn't worked um, but but what this passage is saying is that don't you realize that you yourselves the church are the temple of the Holy Spirit and this isn't talking about you as an individual though that is true it's talking about us collectively and I just want to read you two scriptures one from Exodus and one from Chronicles the one from Exodus is uh, if you take notes Exodus 40 34 to 36 and that's talking about the tabernacle and the verse in Chronicles is 2 Chronicles 7 1 talking about the temple let me read them to you it says this then the cloud covered the tabernacle and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle Moses could no longer enter the tabernacle because the cloud had settled down over it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle now whenever the cloud lifted from the tabernacle the people of Israel would set out on their journey following it and now that for the temple it says when Solomon finished praying fire flashed down from heaven and burnt up the burnt offering And sacrifices and the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple. When the temple was rebuilt after the exile, there's no record of this happening ever again. But Paul says, Paul writes, that you yourselves are the temple. Together, we are the temple, and the glory of the Lord is meant to dwell here as we are united in Him. That is the purpose. A A good friend of mine just went to Israel, and she said that, yep, like beautiful, awesome, good to go there. But she said, I just know that that's not where God is, like He's not about the place, He's about the people. She was at the wailing wall and she said people wouldn't, they'd wail and they'd wail and they wouldn't turn their back on it. They couldn't turn their back on the wall. They had to show it such, such reverence. And she said, but that's not the point anymore. She said, you know, they said, are you going to the empty tomb? Are you going to go see the tomb? And she's like, why would I? He's not there anymore. And this is the thing, we are the people of God and we are meant to be filled with the glory of God. And if, if that's not happening, that's not a problem with God, that's a problem with us. And, It's not a problem to make us start to gripe. It's a problem to seek unity and to go after God together and to seek His presence and His glory and say, God, we want to be the temple like the temple of old. We want to see outworkings of miracles. We want to see manifestations of God amongst us so that people who are around us can look and see and say, surely God is in that place.